And I've kind of perfected that you can get two things done at once if you eat in the bath. But it's, it depends what you can eat. It depends what you're, you're happy to eat out your own bath water. <laughs> what are you happy to eat out your crisps own bath water? work if you get the, like um, Doritos. Um, I couldn't eat soggy crisps. And watch it and stuff just shrink straight away so you need to be, you need to be careful. But you just need to watch what you're doing, it's fine. It saves a lot of time. I know where I've been, so I know where that dust came from in the water. Yeah. I wouldn't eat anything out of that. Well... It's so up to yourself. <laughs> Welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode thirty-seven. Where we've talked about what we do in the shadows and Nicholas Cage's epic vampire's kiss. We start with what we do in the shadows. Yeah, are we going to be super pronounced kings well, yes, today? That's correct. Continuing on with enunciation and pronunciation. Went all right last week. I People so. seem to understand us. Uh, so, What We Do in the Shadows from 2014, directed by Taika Waititi. Is well it? Done. <laughs> That's quite good. That's my New Zealand accent, Taika Waititi. Uh, and also Jermaine Clement, who people know from Flight of the Conqueror. See, that's something I've never watched before. It's good. It's just but I guess I would probably like it because I like What We Do in the Shadows now. And you eat Chris at the bath, so technically you're not. You shouldn't be a judge of shouldn't the Shouldn't be judging the <laughs> uh, What do you think of what we do in the shadows? Um, it's good. I mean, in general, what do you think about what me and you do in the shadows? Oh, um, steal at people and plot to think about how we would uh, attack and kidnap them and take them into a dungeon and set things inside the body. <laughs> <laughs> sexually interrogate them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, what do, you, what do you think about what we do in the shadows? I thought it was good. I, this is the second second watch for me and I, I watched it the first time I remember it was um, Lauren had her friends and I think it was Christmas and I said I'll just stay upstairs I'll stay out the way because I was giving my lift into town later after they'd done their pre-drinking and get ready and uh, I just watched it on Netflix earphones in and I thought it was hilarious I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was second watch still enjoyable but I maybe got less really? good things to do. yeah in the second watch I. and that's coming from a man who eats Watsits out the bath <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I've watched that about eight times. I think it starts off really good. See when you get the dialogue, it just seems really believable delivery. The dialogue seems real, and it's and it's well acted, like it is a genuine documentary. It's Spinal Tap. It's Vampire it's, uh, Spinal Vampire, Tap. That's a, that's a good way to describe it. Uh, I like one of the first lines when they asked them. Um, I think it's uh, Vlad. What he done? Uh, what, what did you do last night? I transformed into a dog and had sex. <laughs> <laughs> if you could transform into anything for one night, what would you transform into? Uh, a woman, probably. And have sex. I would just look at myself naked for a while and then just see what objects I could find. I think I've said this before. <laughs> look, look at yourself as in be a woman and go and look at you, Scott's body, naked. Or uh, look at your so, own so, body. So I'm not like Scott turned into a woman. I'm, I'm You're like, just a woman. So Scott's kicking oh, a Well, you still. could be. Well, no, maybe your body's just lying there like a big bodysuit. Because if you could transfer yourself into another body. Oh, yeah, technically and, you are. And you're still kicking about. Mm. Your own body's still kicking about. Would you have sex with yourself? Uh, or would you let if you done it a woman would you let yourself fuck you? would you let yourself fuck you? yeah I'd do that because I know that I am the fucker <laughs> the, 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 the Liam is the fucker so yeah I'd probably go if for I it in, if I turned into a woman for, for a day I don't know if I'd let myself fuck me because I don't know if I could deal with disappointment <laughs> I might go fucking find somebody who could probably I'd like to see just how good or terrible I am <laughs> it's, I suppose it's the only way to really gauge it that's, that's true I'd take one for the team yeah Take one in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The, the intro song, hey, What We Do In The Shadows, is great. 
Don't sing if you want to live long They have no use for your song You're dead, you're dead, you're dead You're dead and out of this world so I can't find it I don't know who sings it Is it not I've not really made an effort to, to check look. the credits at the back never. yeah um, so judgmental Scott I think do you think Kiwis think this film's funny or do you think they cringe at it you know I how sometimes they find it funny yeah you know, we sometimes cringe at some things that we do like a lot of people cringe at River City aye but there's a difference between River City and this as in that this is good <laughs> but, but River see, City River City is so cringy because it tries really hard to be Glaswegian. I don't think this is trying hard to be from New Zealand. New Zealand. I think it's just these guys are from New Zealand making a movie. I don't think they're going, right, this is a New Zealand movie and here let's get as much of New Zealand in it as possible. Hmm. Whereas River City, it's like, oh, by the way, just to remind you, we're from Glasgow. So is that always, I, was, I always wonder then, do people from like the East End of London cringe at EastEnders or same with people from Manchester for Cornish Street? How do you know the geographical location of all these soaps? What do you think I, do I, did, I did not know that Coronation Street was from Manchester. Yeah. I pissed outside the Rover's Returns once and it was in Blackpool. Aye, that's not the real Rover's Returns. Well, I pissed against the window <laughs> and it said the Rover's Returns and I've told everyone that I pissed on the Rover's Returns. So I hope it's the It's probably one. like a prop pub. Like a fan pub. Well, I urinated on it anyway. Um, so you get to see when we're learning like all the, the characters and stuff and I think it, it might even be Vlad again and um, or is it what's the other one Deacon is that Deacon's the kind of stupid one we should really if you've not seen it what we do in the shadows is just a mockumentary following a group of vampires yeah. that lodge like the young ones a vampire young one's spinal tap yeah I can't remember how old they all are but the kind of main one you, you meet I think is 800 years old when you uh-huh. see him one of them is about 300 years old and then uh, one of them is 183 years old because I noticed it was almost 182 and I think that's the one I'm talking about who's getting dressed and he said he likes to call this look dead but delicious. <laughs> and that's Deacon. And uh, and then there's also like an Nosferatu guy in the basement. That's Peter. Who doesn't, who doesn't say anything. <laughs> He's 6,000 years old. 6,000. <laughs> They're all based on basically different famous vampires. Yeah. Nosferatu, Tom Cruise, an interview with a vampire, uh, Gary Oldman from Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula and... Who was the other one? I can't remember who the main one is, or he's who he's meant to be based on. Is he not meant to be based on a unrace one as well? Because he kind of looks like Louis from Interview with the Vampire. See, maybe. I thought Deacon was meant to be Interview with the Vampire. Maybe either he, way. Maybe Deacon's all... from the Vampire Start, which was a slightly different take on unrace's characters. Possibly. Which, by the way, is maybe coming to TV in a, a TV series. She's managed to get the rights back to her her novels or to her like live action adaptions of her novels. And um, is going to make a kind of Game of Thrones style vampire series about all those vampires and tell a story, right? I think the va- apart from this movie, I think the vampire thing has now been done to death. See, because I don't it's been done vampires. badly. But that that whole world of the vampires, like Louis Lestat Armand, is fascinating to me. So I hopefully she does it well. I think it'll be good. Ah, uh, I'm just remind me of Twilight. I fucking hate Twilight. But yeah, Twilight, you get shit vampires in this one. You've got, and they're not even shit vampires, they're just, they're not scary vampires, but when they do, they do kill you, and they do, they're so matter of fact, will kill you. I think the movie does it quite well, well, it's a comedy, it's a straight out comedy, but there's a good few moments that are actually quite scary. Like, the Nosferatu thing, if Nosferatu doesn't scare you, or creep you out, 
there's something wrong with you. Yeah. But there's, there's giant fright moments yeah. where it works as a horror per se. Like a comedy horror, it straddles it very yeah. well. Um, so he brings someone back to the, the house and, he, and, and, and kills it. I don't know how far in this is. My, I've not got a lot of notes. And I think it's where he, he bites on the neck and then he, he goes, oh no, I've hit a main artery and the blood's just spraying <laughs> passing over me. And he's in front of it and it's shooting into his mouth and he's trying to catch it all. And, uh, it's hilarious, but I've got pretty messy being a vampire because there's blood everywhere. But, uh, I like how he puts the newspaper down. Oh, that's right, that's what he does. She's talking to him and he puts the newspaper down, as you would do. And uh, that's a brilliant scene. Uh, every, do you want every scene in this? I'm going to say that's a brilliant scene because uh, I love this film. I, I like to think that an actual underworld of vampires really exists. But you would know by now. I don't know. You'd think, think that's a secret they'd want to keep. But why? They're the most powerful race. So why would they keep it and be underground rather than just being out on top and be the fucking big daddies? Well, there must be a reason um, why. One, they can't afford to, have, to be the most powerful. They can't afford to kill us all because then they've got no food. Aye, but... They're more powerful than us, so take over, use us, like harvest all of us for our blood, just like big blood banks, where we're all hanging up, just draining blood, but they're keeping us alive, so we keep making more blood, and they just keep draining us, just like fucking, there you go. They don't need to deal with us, they just have to drain us. I still like to think it exists. You know how like an angel, um, when they go early and there's like an underbelly of demons and vampires yeah. and stuff, I like to think that that exists somewhere. I see, I'm actually now kind of scared myself that <laughs> <laughs> if they take over, we're all fucked. Maybe they're just waiting for Vampire Hitler to, to come and overturn. Which could happen. Which could happen. Well, you never know. Donald Trump can get in power. Vampire Hitler can get in power. <laughs> uh, Vladislav's talking about his ex-girlfriend, who keeps referring to it as the Beast. The Beast. And it comes up like a little beast drawn. Did yeah. you see the little penis in the belly? I know, it's so high up. <laughs> that was like the eighth time before I went, it's that penis. <laughs> Right, do you want to know how many pages of notes I've got for this film? How many? Two. But your writing's quite scrawly like a child. I know, but... <laughs> so your notes are very like, small. Uh, I'm, I've wrote here, I'm not sure if there's anything deeper than the surface of this movie. It's a comedy horror, it's not meant to be anything deeper. I know, but there's no kind of... there's no once, one, That's what I'm saying about seeing it twice and being less enamoured with it the second time. There's, there's no substance to it after... You get, you know, once you've seen the jokes once, and it's, they're hilarious jokes and the, the acting's fantastic, the writing's amazing, but the story just lacks a bit of depth. I see, I disagree with you that. I honestly still think it's funny. Upon multiple watches, I still laugh at like that or anything. I still laugh at no yeah. matter how many times I see it. No, oh, yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong, it's funny. But, but I, don't, I don't even know if it, it's meant to have substance. It's spinal tap didn't have substance. You were just following I've only seen day. spinal tap once as well. What do you do with your time? Eat was it's out of the bath. <laughs> <Yeah>. Evidently. <laughs> uh, but there is a good a, a bunch of good lines in it when when they're walking along the uh, I think it's uh, at night and they come across the, the group of guys, the the the, the werewolves, they can smell their werewolves. And then they're like, Fuck you, hey, what are we doing? We're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> it's like just so many good lines Did that, you are, that are cracking. Well, apparently there's gonna be a sequel to this. It was what we do in the moonlight, and it was gonna follow the swearwolves, uh-huh. or the werewolves, not the swearwolves. And I thought, how good did that actually be? Just yeah. A movie, or just a movie like Swearwolf in London, and it's just a wolf that swears. Like, it's just <laughs> profanities constantly. And I thought it's probably not going to be that good a movie, but I'd enjoy it. I think the this film definitely I think picks up when I mean I guess this is the whole point of the movie. This is the kind of disequilibrium, but it's when they they turn Nick 
by accident. Or yeah. it's Peter that turns Nick, isn't it? Yeah, ends Peter, up in the basement. Well, they're all chasing him through the house, like trying to get him, and then eventually Peter gets him and turns him. And he's so then he's the youngest vampire, and uh, Deacon already hates him straight away because <laughs> he's now not the youngest, um, and they, they just hate him. Because um, he just gets himself into trouble, and every other one time he's in the bar, and he's like, um, for real, too real. And he's like, <laughs> too he's like, somebody, he's, he's like, you know, you seen the film Twilight? That's me. <laughs> Twilight? That's me. It's like, shut up, Nick, you're not Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought they got so well around that scene was when they're trying to get into nightclubs and they bounce and let them in. <laughs> Obviously, they can't get in until somebody lets them in. I thought those little bits, it's a fan of a horror genre that's wrote it and they've they've incorporated it in yeah. and I think that gives it substance is it the do they go the first time around when they go out the night, night out do they go to the vampire club and that's where they get in but nobody likes to go there because it's shit and there's <laughs> only like the four of them in it <laughs> and then you've got um, Nick's friend Steve Stu is great we really like him at first I wanted to kill him but now I'm glad I spent the time to get to know him. Who comes in, they all love Steve, who's, who's a human, they won't turn him. Yeah, of course, he looks delicious with his big red cheeks, but we've all got an agreement that we're not going to eat stew, right? Right. He's and a computer he, analysis. And he's a computer <laughs> analysis. He does, he does help, he helps them, and he brings them into the 21st century because a lot of the older vampires haven't seen like iPods and uh, computers and all different things like that, and he brings them forward. If we push images, then we can see pictures of virgins. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, whoops. I don't think she's a virgin if she's doing that. And it culminates in a like a ball, like a vampire yeah. night out, like a big fancy a mass dance. Mass masquerade. And they end up taking Steve to the to the party, and all the vampires want to kill him. <laughs> and this is when the beast turns up, isn't it? Yeah. He goes, "Oh, hello, beast." And she calls him arsehole. <laughs> it turns out that she's not actually a beast. He's just being saying she's a beast. And it's, then, it's good. And then they eventually run out, find the swearwolves again, who are getting, trying themselves up to a tree. And then uh, you think that Steve gets killed, but he comes back again. I don't know. I see that. I, I kind of lost interest towards the end. I don't really remember how it... You can tell you're not sounding enthusiastic about this at all. This movie's fucking amazing. I just think this movie for... It is good. And it's we, enjoyable. We blew through so many I know, good I, know. I don't know. Peter I, gets set on fire because oh yeah, Peter gets set Nick fire. has invited... He's told everyone he's a vampire, so they try to yeah. shun him. He, he's basically invited a vampire hunter in who's found Peter and tries to kill him. Peter gets set on fire. And then... So they go to the masquerade ball later on and... That's right, with the, the vampire hunter. He's in a bar, isn't he? Telling the guy, yeah, I'm a vampire. And he's like... Oh yeah, I'm a vampire hunter. He's like, ah, shut up, no, you're not. <laughs> but he was, he really was. <laughs> he was. And then, after the ball, like you said, when they find the swirls, <laughs> Vladislav is wearing like a big fur. Mm. And the guy, they're trying to chain themselves up before the full moon. He's like, and we find that offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and point to the fur. Oh, I don't know how you, you, you're not enthused about this movie. I might be giving it a third watch, but it just, I mean, it, it's funny, it's probably, you could sit and quote it, you could watch it with friends around getting high or drunk and have a great time laughing away at it it's hilarious but like try to critique it and try to discuss the meanings and stuff behind it there's not really a that's lot that's where you're going wrong don't, don't critique it just enjoy it and then just talk about the brilliant bits throughout it I mean there is there is a lot of good quotes in it and there is a lot of good scenes in it as well I mean, I will, I mean I've, I have, I've rated it high I have yeah. in fact there's a bit near the start as well where like the, the girl who wants she wants Deacon to turn her so she's bringing them victims. Yeah. But she's got to bring them virgins. 
And then Nick's like, I'm not a virgin. He's like, you're a virgin when we were great? He goes, yeah, I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> See, all the that's, I think they're so dry, but brilliant. It's, but it's their accent as well that makes the dry humour, I think, works like 100%. It definitely ah. does. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm just saying it wasn't as good the second time round nah. is where I'm going with that. I very rarely agree with you, to be honest, so it doesn't surprise <laughs> me, but you're wrong. So what would you give it then? I gave it eight. Can't think of anything eights. That's what I wrote. Eight can't think of anything's out of ten. So you give it an eight, but you're not actually that enthused by it? Yeah. Eight's quite a strong number. You can't read your rating, can you? No. <laughs> uh, I think I wrote right. Eight, 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 can't think of anything's out of ten. Good, but that's as far as it goes. But an eight's a fucking strong I know, number. I know, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's enjoyable. It is... Um, funny if you watch it a couple of times or you watch it with friends it'll be hilarious there's quotes in it that you can you can be quoting it you know for a long time but don't expect to have your favourite film in there well <laughs> that's wrong because <laughs> I have it in my top 10 films now of all time I'm not just get... because I said it was rubbish or because it always was no because I, I loved it I watched it completely out of the blue like not I didn't see a trailer for it yeah. I didn't know what it was about it just came up I thought oh, shit, that looks quite good watched it Loved it, bought it in DVD, and then got Lena to watch it. She loved it. She got her dad to watch it. It's now one of his favorite films, and anyone I've told about it, I thought it was fucking brilliant. Maybe I'll maybe I'll apart get apart from you. Maybe I'll get uh, Lauren to sit down with me and watch it, and maybe. Did you watch this on the laptop in bed? The first time round, the second time round, I watched it on DVD on the telly. All right. <coughs> our next film, I think we actually just rushed through that. Despite how good that film is. So we could get to this. So we could get to Vampire's Kiss from 1988 with Nicolas Cage, who plays a vampire. Is he a vampire? <laughs> is he not a vampire? Is he an actor? Is he not an actor? I have no idea. This movie is mental. Batshit. Fucking crazy. My, um, I could not... I didn't know. I think I was texting you through watching this because I could not understand what I was watching. Like I really was like, "What is going on? Who is he supposed to be? What the fuck is going on in this movie?" Is it? I watched it expecting a vampire film, yeah. like a shit vampire film, because it's Nicolas Cage, but it's not. It's it's American, not. Well, we're going to spoil it anyway but it's American Psycho if American Psycho was written by a complete simpleton <laughs> who didn't know words <laughs> there's there's no real story there's no real plot there's it's just a man's day right let, let, let's get into it and I'll give you my theory behind it but it's fucking bonkers it starts off um, we kind of meet Nicolas Cage at his therapist then it goes on to him heading into a a nightclub or a a bar and that club is jumping there's a woman singing there's a million people dancing even the people sitting down are dancing and he um he picks up a lassie takes her home and then they're getting to his his flat and then they start to get down to business and then a bat comes out of nowhere (laughs) what a string (laughs) i wrote the bat was outstanding and then so that kills the passion she's trying to put her clothes back on and run outside but I couldn't tell if she was feared or if she was laughing. Have I told the story about how when I was attacked by a bat? No. On this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I can't remember. I'm sure they... If I've not told it... If I have told it in this, I apologise. We uh, only, like, last year, I was next door to my mum and dad's house. 
and my wee brother came down and said there's a bat I'd get in through the window and was upstairs on like, the top floor and I was like what? so I went up and there was generally a bat flying about the room so I had it under a pillow and my mum was there like trying to have a big man like alright we'll try and knock the bat out the window and it started flying at me at the door so we kind of ran back mum was like shrieking and then it flew out of my head and I shat myself and jumped down and tried to slide down the stairs and my pyjamas came off <laughs> and I was lying at the bottom of the stairs with a t-shirt on no pants my mum was like I think she physically pissed herself laughing and we just had to leave the bat in there for like three hours to look for it so I've been attacked by a bat <laughs> uh, but at that point I was terrified when it flew at my face and after it it was more relief yeah. like oh the bat didn't kill me maybe that's what she was going through if well, she was a good actress the next, uh, the next note I've got there is Nick Cage fear or laughing how does this guy make movies he's outrageous <laughs> this is also where my theory comes in I think that's where the movie stops. He gets bitten by a bat and in the rest of the movie he has rabies. Well, so that's why he's going fucking do lally. Well, I thought that was how it was going to happen. I thought it was going to be like um, if it was all going to be real, a real vampire and I thought it was going to be that uh, it was going to transform into mm-hmm. a person. I thought that was, that's what we were going to get but they didn't really say if that was it or not. But by this point in the movie I have asked a very serious question. Is this movie serious? <laughs> in the same sentence I've written is he putting on a British accent a really really terrible British accent it, I think that's Nicolas Cage's idea of how an intellectual man speaks <laughs> from oh, globally that's how an intellectual man speaks because his accent is not from anywhere I don't know where his accent's supposed to be from and it's a very like ballsy ballsy decision to do a movie and do an accent that you can't do. Because I would, it, it I would sit on here and do accents because I know I can't do them. He doesn't stay fluid in the accent. It changes. Sometimes he doesn't stay fluid in his acting. <laughs> it's, it's unreal. But uh, that, just before the bat thing, uh, they're undressing and they both stop to turn around and make a chess move on the chess table. That's right. So uh, They've just came in. They weren't playing chess. He's only just met her. Why has she jumped into this chess game? <laughs> and why are they playing it before shagging? You don't undress and go, oh shit, I'm going with my pawn. And then play chess. Whoever he was playing the chess game with, she just jumped in and took the move for them. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got to be pretty raging. Probably fucked it. Although, I don't think he's got any friends. No, he's just clearly not getting any friends. So, we, we move forward from this first girl that he tried to date. Uh, you get some music. I don't know if you noticed it, but it sounded like the Goosebumps theme. I did not notice it. <laughs> and just then, you uh, saying that reminds me of just a big golden retriever yeah with, uh, the eyes. The eyes. <laughs> terrible terrible <laughs> CGI eyes um, so then he gets a new girl uh, on another night out and she this one they get down to business and she bites him let's see the last he bit you would you go along with it yeah yeah, yeah. like if she bit you and draw blood yeah probably alright alright just check quite filthy that way but did she bite him or has he just had rabies from the bat bite and this is all in his fucking head? Yeah. Or did she actually well, bite him? The next the next scene we get after that is um he's in the the shower. Well no, sorry, he's shaving and he shaves and he cuts himself around the same part we supposed to be bitten, so he puts a plaster on this and then he, he goes to the kitchen and makes uh coffee. He comes back up to the room and then he sits down in the bed and goes to handle the coffee and there's nobody in the bed, to which he Starts shaking, spilling coffee all over the bed, and shakes herself. I'm like, why did he shake himself? Because she wasn't there. They never implied that she vanished. He has 
got up, made coffee, presumably showered because he was shaving, and he's and there's plenty of time for her to bolt. You know? He comes in and shakes himself. I have no words to that. I have no response. But I did notice what when they were getting down and freaky, she had nipple pasties on. Like little stickers covering her nipples. Oh yeah, I did. Because they used the same sex scene twice. I, but like, so obvious. Why, why do it? Just keep a bra on. Or get them out because it's six minutes forty eight. There's a nip slip. There's free free the nip, and then it's sixteen twenty three. Second free the nip, but she's got fucking wee stickers on her nipples. I'll do it or don't do it. Hey, I've got I've got a quote here. That I wonder if you can help me. I think it says I was horny and dark. I, I, I guess I was pretty horny, Aye. pretty keyed up with being a girl right before I was drunk too. That is, I had a lot to drink. I was drunk plus I was horny. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just keep that in as it is. I don't need to take no need to cut that out. That's exactly what the line was. I was, ho- I was horny and drunk. Plus, I was horny. Uh, this is I'm telling you, therapist. See in Nick Cage movies. Do you think they actually have a writer, or do you think he just walks in and they go, Nick, right? This is what you want to say. No, no I don't want to say that. It's fine, guys. I've I got, got this. this. <laughs> just walks in like he really. He just must run with it. I think Nicholas Cage is the, the, the acting equivalent of Hold My Beer. I got this. I think that's exactly what he does. I think he just comes in, just does whatever he wants and leaves again. He's never actually hired. He's just walking about the set and they're like, oh shit, we need somebody to play a... Uh, oh, I've got this. You don't know what you're playing, Nick? Oh, I've got this. And he just goes in because there's no way somebody's actually wrote this shit. Have you, this, like, see, one of the times he's coming home with one of the girls, they get to the Dory's flat and there's two mimes having a dance outside. What the fuck was that all about? Did you watch it with the commentary? No. No, I did because I watched it <laughs> twice. Uh, the director seen that bit because the mimes are like fighting and then they go in and they come back out and the mimes are fighting again and the director goes, I don't know what was happening there. <laughs> yeah, how much cocaine was on the set of this movie? <laughs> See, even at the end of the movie, they ask like, the director, Nick Cage, they're talking like, oh, so what do you get from the movie? And both of them are like, oh, we don't know. Uh, like neither of them really knew what the point of the movie was. The people that are making it don't know what the they fuck it's about. It's it's crazy. So the next note I have is um, asking what the fuck about the, what is about the alphabet freakout. Oh, that's so good. I mean, how we'll can you just play that clip now? Shouldn't the copy be in that file? Yes, I suppose it should. It should. Right? Yes. Right? Hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Well, unless, of course, it's somehow been misfiled. But misfiled? Yes, misfiled. Sometimes somebody puts a document in the wrong file and then it's misfiled. And it makes it much harder to find. Uh, look, who? Who? What do you mean, who? I don't know who exactly. You don't? No, I don't. Whoever filed it in the first place, but for God's sakes, Peter, I am not telling you one single thing you don't already know. How could somebody misfile something? What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z! Huh? That's all you have to do! Very good. You know your alphabet. I never misspelled anything! Not 
once, not one time. And then it just it comes out he's shouting at his secretary's assistant because she can't find a file which which they keep saying all through the movie would take you ages to find but he just keeps hammering down on this but it last wouldn't she says there's 15 folders full of files she's been looking for that file for like a week she's been saying she's been in through the night working overtime to find this file she still doesn't find it I'd be pretty fucking raging not as raging <laughs> as him but it's the fact that he jumps up and he's like, I've never misfiled anything, ever. And she's like, you know your alphabet. <laughs> Why is he paying a therapist who just sat and listened to it? Well, Nick, you know your alphabet. There's also a bit before that where he's in the office and he's like, Alva, Alva, Alva. And he gets louder and louder and I'm doing the office is kind of looking and Alva's obviously sitting shitting herself. And he comes out, jumps, full up the desk and points and goes, there you are! And then falls out of the bathroom where you think he's going to rape her. And then she threatens him with a gun. And the old woman that is in the toilet... She comes out and remarks, what's going on? Actually, what's going on? Washes her hands and, and leaves. Fucks <laughs> off. If a man's just ran out of the toilet after a woman, stay in there and make sure nothing happens. Don't just fuck off. Maybe he's I've, I've written a couple of quotes down and I don't remember where they're from, so maybe you can help me with these ones. The first one is, a, oh God, where am I? I'm assuming this is a funny way he says it. The next one is I've written in a, in a style to remind me how he says it. Tell them I'm in a meeting! <laughs> it's after he's starting to go a bit kind of well, a bit scatty. Because <laughs> he's, somebody's in a phone at his office telling that somebody's there for a Oh, in fact, it's not. It's when he's in the toilet and he, he sees himself. He, well, he, you can see his reflection. He thinks he can't see himself. Yeah. And then he runs out of the office and he's like, oh, tell them I'm in a meeting! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, Christ, where? Where am I? Where am I? Where, where am I? Oh, Christ, where am I? I've become a vampire. Oh, God. Oh, God, where am I? It's a goddamn pepper I'm trying to take a dump, so either shut up and leave the goddamn acting lesson for home or go back to the ladies' room. Tell them I'm out. In fact, tell anyone who calls, I'm out. <laughs> I'm in a meeting. Are you alright, Mr. Lowe? Tell him I'm in a meeting! Oh, yes, He's so shit. <laughs> so, I don't know if I'm skipping, skipping over things yeah, here. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely flying yeah. through this. Shit. <laughs> Probably just right after that, he's running down the street shouting, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> they afford a, to strange, pay. a strange way of running me. Oh, he's, he's they couldn't afford to pay for extras, and that was generally like... Like all those folk there didn't know what was happening but nobody really reacted either because they seen it was Nick Cage and thought he is batshit crazy so you wouldn't know because if you couldn't see the cameras if like if they're hidden out he's seen him he's just running the street going I'm a vampire I'm a do vampire do you not turn around and laugh though or at least like I'd probably if I was out in the street I'd probably just kind of keep my distance just in case or just run after him <laughs> so it was a fun weekend if you just like just jump out of things head first so are you now at the bit where he gets his teeth no, I'm no, I'm way back before that. I'm at the bit where he um, he rapes Alba. He doesn't rape her. He does because that's what he says later on. He doesn't look as if he rapes her in the alleyway or down in the basement of the office. But later on in the movie, she says t- tells her brother or her cousin or whoever that guy is that he raped her. No, I know he rapes another woman later, but I didn't know he raped her. And in, in the alleyway when she um, goes to get him and, then, and he throws it to the ground and then she kind of seems to pass out from fear. And he takes her gun and tries to kill himself, but the, obviously it's blanks is in the gun, and he keeps shooting himself and it doesn't work. And then probably the best, the best part of the whole entire movie, Nick Cage actually delivers a, 
Uh, and instead of just crying or screaming out in anguish and pain, he goes, Boo! <laughs> Twice. <laughs> boo! <laughs> he actually gives a boo hoo. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> you, can, I, you cannot. It's like, holy shit! You cannot. Okay, you cannot. <laughs> You, you need. You cannot tell anybody about this. You, you would not believe it unless you actually were watching this movie. Like it must. I think it's generally just a troll movie. It's meant to be uh, a comedy be. because there's no other way you can take it. Because there's absolutely nothing dark or sinister about it. <laughs> You're not laughing because <laughs> the desk has just came on the TV. Oh yeah, we've got it on the screen here and the scene that Liam was just talking about a minute ago where he shouts and Alvar and comes through and goes, there you are! <laughs> I forgot when he walks into the, into the office he jumps up two feet up onto the desk and points it out. It is, oh my god, buy this movie straight now when you listen to the podcast. If you have uh, some kind of smartphone, get on eBay and buy this movie it's right so now. It's so hard to find. Like You can't get it in any streaming. No. Things, but I think that's because Nick Cage has obviously like thought we'll get this removed because all the memes, obviously all Nick Cage memes start with the face from oh, this the face movie. From this movie, yeah. But is he just a comic genius? That this movie is one of the best black comedies ever, or is it just that bad? I have no idea. Would this be around about the time when he went on at the, the chat show and done the somersault and started throwing all his money away? I can't remember. Was it, it was Parkinson? 88. Parkinson in the UK he comes on he walks in and goes and here is Nicolas Cage he comes in have you seen this? No. Have you not seen this? No. Oh my god it's on YouTube <laughs> he comes in does a somersault and then starts throwing his money at the audience swear to god I need to show you before we go any further. Hey, welcome Nicolas Cage. He must be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I thought he could well, tell him. Was it a tenor? Watch word tonight. Oh, my, hang on. Take my mic, darn it. All that physical activity just took my mic off. <laughs> it also said he takes his clothes off. This is five minutes long. I don't know. Nick Cage is a fucking mentalist. He's taking his shirt off. <laughs> Absolute mentalist. The, guy's, the guy is, is on another level. Like, he's genuinely... I don't know what is going through his head... So then he gets to a scene after this happens. If he can't kill himself, I guess he's thinking if there's blanks in the gun, then it's because he's a vampire that he can't kill himself. He goes outside and he um, steals a pigeon. He catches a pigeon, and then does he just <laughs> scram the whole pigeon sans feathers? Like does he eat the, the whole thing? Is that what's supposed to happen? I do think that was part of the movie. I think the <laughs> yeah. director just kept filming. Nick Cage stole a pigeon and fucked off. <laughs> it was no part of the film. I wouldn't be surprised. So I think this is... Then he goes back to the club um, and by this point he's completely freaking out. I think that you've got the, the teeth happened by this point. Oh, well, you've got to talk about the teeth. <laughs> he goes to... Was it just like a joke shop or a it trick was shop? just like a shop that sells everything, apparently. <laughs> there was a Chinese man in it and there was just jars. You don't know what was in the jars. <laughs> and Nick goes, oh, I need like uh, vampire teeth. So he shows him these nice fibreglass ones <laughs> that are all they look real. <laughs> That are nineteen dollars. Nick Cage is like, no, I can't afford that because he's only got three dollars in his wallet. His whole movie, he's rich. I think he's like he's a rich. Yeah. Agent. And now he's just suddenly, I've only got three dollars. So the guy goes into a drawer, which is where you would keep your it's cheaper course. plastic vampire teeth, and gives them them, and then he comes out to the bench. And puts them in like Nosferatu. Wait, before he does that, he doesn't just open the bag, he rips the bag. The bag, bag he's to get it. Like, do you 
It's just it, open the bag like a normal person. I can't wait to get the teeth in. But then, see, if so the whole point of this is meant to be that this guy's losing his mind like American Psycho, the whole movie happens and then you realise it could possibly be in his head. Uh-huh. If he just thinks he's becoming a vampire, if he truly thinks it, then surely he's got to consciously make a decision that he's going into a shop to buy vampire teeth. No, he has, his, head, his head would have convinced him that that's what he would need to do. But it would... It, it would justify the... the if you were making... If you were going to... If you think you're turning into a vampire, you think the teeth are going to come themselves, you wouldn't then go and buy the teeth. And No, I, I know what you're saying, but if if it was if he was becoming kind of schizophrenic, then that would be... It, his, his mind would convince him some way or another that that is what he had to do. Really? Yeah. Trust me, I'm a mental health professional. Well, I think you actually need to phone Nicholas Cage and have a word or get some sort of doctor. I know, somebody should be having a word with Nicholas Cage for sure. He's mentally ill. And he makes, he makes a coffin out of a couch. <laughs> he just tips his couch over and lies under it and that's his coffin. And then at night when he gets up, he gets up with an alarm. He's the only vampire who gets up at night with an alarm on his phone. Well, not his phone because it's the 80s. Yeah. An alarm. It's fucking nonsense. So they, they go to uh, Alva and obviously she's been freaking out because Nick Cage has been harassing her and may or may not have raped her. And <laughs> she goes in to speak to, I can't remember if it's a brother or a cousin, but they live in the same house. But this the, the scene, she goes in in a dressing gown and he's taps off in his bed and then they hug. And I'm just thinking, like maybe it's, maybe I'm just weird, but the two actors don't appear like brother and sister or cousin and, and cousin. And They're cousin. meant to be it, brother and sister. It seems... Sexual. Have them downstairs eating the cereal and hug them then. Say, oh, I've been raped and then they can cuddle. It just, it just to me, it just seemed like two adults in the nude in bed. When she was covered in a dressing gown. Exactly, brother and sister. I don't know. <laughs> right, so I don't know if uh, where you're at, but I think I'm at the end. See, yeah, it goes back to the club first. Oh, meets, yeah, yeah, yeah. He meets a woman who's in a room herself doing I know, the what coke. the fuck is she doing in the room herself? This this club is absolutely banging. It's a fire hazard that's that busy. And he finds a massive empty room at the back. It's the 80s, so there must be just a, a cocaine room that you go cocaine in room. to do that. Which, actually, if it was the 80s, that room would also be fucking packed. Yeah. So <laughs> she's just doing that, and he comes in with the teeth and bites her and kills her. It, it's, wor- it's working. He's like, oh, if he was if he was hitting on her, it was working. I but well no wonder she's out of fucking mind in cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> this cunt's just came in with a pair of fake teeth in. He probably would be like, oh, this guy's absolutely tuned to the moon. This is going to be fun. But <laughs> can you, could you kill somebody by biting out their neck with plastic teeth? You would need to properly pierce a jugular and even then they would take like fucking 12 minutes to well, bleed out. That would that would harp back to our question of can you rip a person apart with it? You're, bare hands from, from last episode did we find an answer for that well I thought you could and you didn't think you could so and did we get an answer no we didn't no we haven't had a, an Turns official answer people won't give us babies so could you bite a person open I think you could with plastic teeth but open to the point that they die I think your jaw but you probably could bite down hard enough it would just be like your actual teeth I think like if you're in prison like the way I would probably be in prison where people would put dicks in my mouth whether I like <laughs> it or not you could probably bite down and wrap it off, but I don't think you could just sit there and bite through somebody's neck and kill them. I think you could just skin really thin on the neck. Veins are really close. But they'd fight you off. How can you overpower someone and put the strength in to bite their neck? If you're if if you're if their face is already on, if their teeth are already touching your skin, 
and they're biting down you. You can't fight that off. You can push their body, but that's just got to make their bite worse. But see, they're biting you. See, we just uppercut them. <laughs> Things are teeth together, and it would bite you. That will finish the job for you, for them. Uh, nah, I don't you're know. fucked. If somebody gets their teeth on you, you're fucked. We need someone who's willing to let us try this out and has a baby to see if we can rip it open. Yeah, if somebody doesn't really want to be around anymore, we'll just we'll help you. And if you've got a baby that's really misbehaving and you want to teach it a lesson, yeah. let us see if we can like, rip his wee arms off. If you've got a if you've got an unwanted pregnancy and you've missed the um the do it yourself uh, cut off time, cut me us. <laughs> I'm not condoning that no. one. <laughs> nope, that's that's solely the view of Scott. It's pretty much, it's pretty much the same thing. It was what you said. and evil do not agree with that one. <laughs> right. uh, so the last scene. The last scene. He's he. You see him uh, talking to his. He's he's went around. And he's tried to kill himself. He's got himself a big bit of wood to try and kill himself. Uh, stab himself through the heart. He goes to. Um, I wondered what he was doing with that wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he then he's talking to his therapist. And he's telling her, um, he's telling her this is said. She's like, I did rape someone a few nights ago. I did murder someone last night. I turned into a vampire. It's a long story. <laughs> like it's like it's such a just matter of fact blase. But that's all happening in his head. Well, yeah. Then you find out that he cuts. You don't notice um, when he's talking to his therapist that he's all pristine and hair hair um, combed and everything again. Um, maybe the way it's cut, maybe you don't see his body until you've seen the, yeah. the reveal he's actually standing on the street talking to a, like a, a banister for a <laughs> New York kind of apartment stoop so he's just staring at the thing and he's just uh, he's just talking to it he's bizarre he's insane and this is the point where I realised that it's actually quite a good movie it's quite like, good is a very 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 strong phrase for this movie but go on it's like if you take it as mentally ill, as if he's imagining the whole thing, and now he's still imagining this part of the end, even imagines a girlfriend, the therapist just brings him a girlfriend, and then he walks away quite happy with her. You know, he's it's all in his head, and then he gets home, he's already fighting with the imaginary girlfriend before he gets home. Like, proper schizophrenic. But there's still so many holes. The guy's got a really good job. How come nobody has intervened at this point that he's losing his mind? How come nobody has socked him in the street, covered in blood, talking to the corner of a wall? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many people would turn a blind eye and not, not acknowledge it. And I think, I don't think the movie stops where you say the bad is because I think the girl he believes that Bitten exists because she's in the bar. No, because at the end she sees him in the club and she asks, who, who are you? Aye, because, because they, they had, had a one night stand. She might have bit him, like uh, gave him a love bite or something, but didn't break the skin. Didn't she's not she's not a vampire, and he's just imagined this whole relationship and this whole transformation into a vampire in his head. And then when he goes back into the club and sees her, she's like, "Who the fuck are you?" He's like, "No, I remember me." And she's like, "I that was one night, but you look at the nicky, you're covered in blood, and you're a fucking wahoo." The only way I could really appreciate this movie is if it's an actual documentary and Nicholas Cage didn't know what was happening, <laughs> and it's a proper insight into the descent of his mind. Possible. Which is then led to the Wicker Man remake, where he screams, <laughs> "Not the bees, not the bees." Do you, and actually, that my theory that everything from his first night with that girl is all made up in his head, and that would that would explain why the second time they have the sex scene, it's the exact same scene they use again because it's the exact same action because he's remembering his head. That would be clever if I thought Nick Cage or this director were capable of that <laughs> they're not because they don't even know what happens in this fucking movie if it's a sex scene in his head why does she still have stickers on her nipples 
<laughs> How uninterested are you in sex that if you're going to make it up in your head, you're going to put little <laughs> flesh-coloured stickers on our nipples? You know... We can try and reason it all we want. This movie doesn't know what it's trying to do. This movie is nonsense. It's brilliant nonsense. But it's just fucking bonkers. It's beyond words. It is the descent of a man who's been bitten by a bat and now has rabies. <laughs> that is what it is. It's about rabies. It, I, I say, I don't think it was, wasn't that bad. I don't know what I was expecting to go in. Uh, a vampire there's movie? There's definitely a critical analysis of mental breakdown in this movie. Nick Cage is turned up to level 10. He's turned up past 10. He's tu- he's, he is turned up for this movie. Um, and I give it seven batter arousals out of 10. Seven? Seven, aye. Absolutely. As a serious movie? As a fucking brilliant movie. Fuck off. You're giving that one point. How many, t- how many times have you watched this since... Twice, gonna- but I watch a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you... You've given us one point under what we do in the shadows. Yeah. As what it's trying to be, or like the room. See, like a cult film that's so bad it's good. There's different rankings. There's 10, 10 being the ultimate fucking amazing real movie for what it is. And then there's also the ranking of movies that are so fucking shit that you enjoy them so much that you can give them a 10. Okay. Because, like a nonsense 10. No, I, no, seven... I see, no, I only give 10s to actual brilliant movies. No, but right, I've got... Might even have, have another 10 bomb coming up, by the way, right, well, in future I've episodes, get... just to get you ready for that. I've got various skills. I've got a 10 for this movie. I thoroughly recommend it. This movie's brilliant. And this movie's so bad that you need to see it 10 because it's terrible. In that case, this movie would be a 10 because it is fucking ridiculous. If it's not, it's not bad though, it's, it's, it's not brilliant. Really, how, how, how is it brilliant? How is it, Nicholas Cage acting, Nicholas Cage's weird accent, that's enough. I, in the nonsense scale, <laughs> not in the real, so, right, you would put this on the same list you would put, say something like Shawshank Redemption or Ben-Hur, I'm not giving my opinions of the movies, I'm just saying, on an actual fucking film critic's guide, you would give this a seven. Or you would give it in, like, the Razzies, you would give it a seven in a movie that's terrible, but you need to watch it. Yeah, but I don't know how to distinguish, because... Um, I distinguish it, the fact that Nicolas Cage has just ate a live cockroach <laughs> that he didn't need to do. And the, the, the plot is non-existent. The script is so fucking loose that I genuinely think he's just made half it up. I think he's a, I think he does one take, and I think if you went, oh, Nick, can we get that again? Nope. What um, what are you giving it then? On the scale of nonsense, and just just on the on the scale of of we rate on the scale of actual movies two two yeah wow as in serious movies that you can watch would you show this to your friends in a way that this movie is really interesting it's a good look into mental health sit down and watch it I I I would say watch this movie because it's 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 crazy because it's, it's, it's nonsense yeah it's nonsense because it's stupid you would sit your pals and go right this is some laugh. This guy can't act worth a fuck, but people are still paying him to do it. Watch this. As opposed to, oh my God, how did he not get an Oscar for this? This movie really made me think. It made me think how come Nicolas Cage still gets employed in Hollywood. I, I don't know why, how he made any of the movies. I think, where did he get his Oscar for? Raising Arizona, and that was like his first movie. And, and Raising Arizona was good. That was obviously <laughs> before he actually had rabies <laughs> and went fucking mental. I cannot believe you're giving this a seven. Well, yeah. I am, so deal with it.
And what we do in the shadows an eight? Yeah. You have oh my god, you have blue. Well, would you prefer if I gave it a six if I built your pressure? No. No, I'm giving it a seven. I'm just I'm not agreeing with anything you're saying tonight. Mm-hmm. I just I, I don't I don't get it. I'm upset. Have you watched anything else? Not that I care. <laughs> <laughs> I uh started watching the Santa Clarita diet. What did you think it? Bear in mind I'm disagreeing with you so much and I also watched it. I'm five episodes in. I don't mind Drew Barrymore. I love Timothy Oliphant. I don't know if I like this program. I think Timothy Oliphant's character is a pussy and he's very camp and he's acting. I don't know. If, I mean, not that I'm against camp guys, but in Scream 2, Timothy Oliphant was badass. In The uh, Perfect Getaway, he was a badass. In Deadwood, he's a badass. In Justified, he's a badass. And this, I just don't understand who he is. But, see, uh, I'm, only, I'm only two episodes in. So hold on, so you watched it for two and a half hours and you don't know if you like it? Yeah, it's only ten episodes long. I'm going to give it the whole, uh, go the whole thing. I'm only on episode two or three. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Aye. But I like that wee different side of him. But he's playing it right where he's a realtor. His wife's... Like, he just wants to live a normal life and his wife's fucking mental. And he just goes on with it. I like that kind of comical side of him. Like, when I heard it was Drew Barrymore, I thought, oh, here we go. I know I fucking... Like Desperate Housewives, like a Desperate Housewives rip-off. Another, like, you're only getting work because really... your godfather, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I thought this is actually really funny. And it's only half an hour long, so it doesn't take, it doesn't stress you out what you go through it. Yeah, that's the, I, that's why I enjoyed that, but it's only half an hour long. Because even like 45 minute episodes and stuff, like the deal up. But the gory bits... Oh, fucking aye, good. it's good. I mean, it's it's good. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know. I can see why it's getting a four star rating on Netflix and Stranger Things got a five star rating. I can see the difference. I've really, please still give fucking vampires kisses. Seven. Yes. <laughs> oh, is that all you watched? Uh, no, I watched a uh, Body Melt. Never even heard. This it. is an obscure Australian movie. Um, it's going to be this episode comes out on Friday the tenth. Um. It'll be Horror Movie Night's Friday the 10th episode as well. Oh, really? Um, the guy for Horror Movie Night had gave me a wee heads up a couple of weeks ago that this was when it was coming up. It? I thought, fuck it, I'll go for it. I had to buy it on DVD on eBay for like £6. And it is... I don't know what they're going to say about it. <laughs> Probably that it's garbage because it is absolutely garbage. I won't be giving that one a 7, I'll tell you that for, for sure. It's kind of like... There's really dodgy graphics in it. It's about this guy who takes some kind of pill and there's three stages, hallucination, something else, and then your body just melts. <laughs> and then the, and it crashes his car at the start in a suburb and then all these kind of people catch the illness and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's shit. It's absolute shit. When's it from? Like what year? Uh, 80s, I think. 80s. 80 something. Oh, it's mm. bonkers. I'll get it alone, it. It's yeah. shit. Go for it. I don't, I don't trust you. I, I'm actually thinking maybe we should rename this podcast Liam and Evil. Versus Scott. <laughs> uh, George Ennis? No. And I'm actually quite upset that I paid for Vampire's Kiss. Oh, really? As much as a comical movie, I enjoyed it, but I do wish it was on a streaming thing and I could just watch it back and forth as opposed to actually having it in my collection because <laughs> it nearly went the same place as Trash Humpers did when I bought that <laughs> in the cupboard away from the shelf because it's fucking nonsense. <laughs> and I don't want people to, like, if I die, I don't want people to come in sift through my DVDs and go this guy was there was something up with him he's got fucking vampires kiss and trash humpers <laughs> what the hell's trash humpers that you might know it's about an hour and a half it's Harmony Corrine the guy that directed Spring Breakers right I paid like 18 quid for it because it had loads of film festivals in the back of it and it was meant to be really artsy and cool 
It was an hour and a half of three people with like old man makeup to like the way Jackass do it uh-huh. and they're just dry humping bags of rubbish <laughs> in bins for an hour and a half filmed in a, a video camcorder sometimes they go into like an abandoned house and just smash stuff up there's like maybe about a minute's worth of dialogue throughout the whole thing <laughs> one of them's an old woman she just keeps going <laughs> like cycling around a bike pulling this headless baby and then they just keep like dry humping bins <laughs> generally go YouTube <laughs> trash humpers I bought it watched it for 20 minutes and I went no it's going in the cupboard I then get stoned and watched it and managed to make it the whole hour and a half and nothing else happened it was just that for an hour and a half and folk give it fucking buzzing reviews online obviously people like yourself <laughs> giving it reviews despite how shit it is making it sound artsy and cool and like if you don't like it, it's maybe because you don't understand it. There's an old man dry humping a fucking bin bag. There's nothing to understand. It's not. There's not no hidden meaning behind it. Oh, like what we do in the shadows. Like what we do in the shadows, <laughs> where it's just a good romp, and it's a good homage to the vampire horror movies. Whereas you think vampires kiss is a good vampire movie. I don't know. You you've been, you've banged on about it so much that maybe I was overzealous and given it a seven. But I I thought it's just for Nicholas Cage's performance. That's where it, that's exactly what it is. Nicholas Cage's performance gets it a seven in in my no head. in the scale of nonsense. Nicholas Cage's nonsense performance gets an, an eleven. Gets an eleven out of ten <laughs> on the scale of nonsense. On the scale of people who can actually act, Nicholas Cage's performance doesn't even hit the scale. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's performance is still standing outside with a pair of fake plastic teeth. Try again. It's fucking ridiculous. I can't believe he's made me watch it. Oh, I also hate it because I do enjoy how <laughs> stupid it is. Oh, motherfuckers. So, get into creepy corner. Yes. Continuing with the, the vampire theme, we're going to tell you a little bit about Richard Chase, also known as the Vampire of Sacramento. Richard Chase was born on May 23rd, 1950. He was an American serial killer who killed six people in the span of a month in California. He earned the nickname the Vampire Sacramento because he drank the blood of his victims and ate their internal organs. He did this as part of the illusion that he needed to prevent Nazis from turning his blood into powder via poison they had planted beneath his soap dish. And that is insane. That is mentally unreal. Is it? <laughs> One. Who, who's to say that the Nazis aren't trying to turn your blood into power via poison that they've planted beneath your soap dish well that's before I'd, before I'd done my training when I was a, a nursing assistant and I worked away with some old guy um, and he told me how he worked in the ships had two million pounds in the bank and done something else and I thought well you know somebody somebody has to why is, why is he not that money and then I realised that he was completely delusional um, <laughs> and then I realised that when you speak to people who are diagnosed mentally ill if they say something to you that's plausible but out there it is most definitely not true. <laughs> he was born in 1950. He was raised in a strict household and was beaten often by his father, which most serial killers usually are. <clears throat> so if you have a child, don't beat it. Cause they're going well, to it depends, because what if they're a wee arsehole? You've got to find a different way. Mm. If you sexually assault it or beat it, they're going to grow up and believe that Nazis are after them or they need to kill someone. Oh, if you could just do what Joseph Fitzel did and lock them in the basement for 18 years, when they get out... They just go and get a couple of weeks of psychotherapy and then go back and on with their lives. And plus, everybody forgets what Joseph Fritzl done. He's probably just enjoying his life now. Only do that if they're actually sexy. Oh, yeah. If your child's ugly, there's no point in doing that because yeah. then you've got like 18 years of banging a wee ugly. I know. 
Do I do that? In his teens, he became an alcoholic and also developed a penchant for killing and mutilating animals and fire starting. All common traits among serial killers in their youth and also the prodigy. In high school, he chased a handful of girlfriends, none of whom he was able to maintain a steady relationship with, partly due to his inability to achieve or maintain an erection. That would... Um, Amen to that, yeah. brother! <laughs> and this was um, because of an inability to become aroused in the presence of females, which is... Amen to that, brother! <laughs> Upon consulting a psychiatrist, Chase was told that the root of his problems was either repressed rage or mental illness. Chase did not seek any further treatment after this diagnosis. It would later be determined that Chase had an aversion to conventional sex and could only achieve arousal and orgasm through violent or disturbed acts such as killing animals and necrophilia. Amen to that, brother! <laughs> Right. On December 29th, 1977, Chase killed his first victim in a drive-by shooting in an apparent warm-up for the crimes that he had planned on committing. The victim was Ambrose Griffin, a 51-year-old engineer and father of two who was helping his wife bring groceries into their home. One of Griffin's sons reported seeing a neighbour walking around their East Sacramento neighbourhood with a .22 calibre rifle earlier that week. The neighbour's rifle was seized, but ballistic tests determined that it was not the murder weapon. However, it was determined that the .22 calibre used to kill Ambrose Griffin was the same one that had been used to fire the bullet into a kitchen of a Sacramento woman two days before. Yeah, because he'd apparently been, before he killed Ambrose, he was still driving around the neighbourhood and he'd fired in, into a house. The The bullet hit into the wall in the kitchen and the shell or the, the casing was recovered and it, it matched his gun, uh, but obviously no one was injured in that, that event. Chase attempted to enter the home of another woman, but finding that her doors were locked, went on to, into her backyard and walked away. Chase later told detectives that he took locked doors as a sign that he was not welcome, but the unlocked doors were an invitation to come inside, which would further his vampire yeah. um, name. While wandering around, he encountered a girl named Nancy Holden, with whom he attended high school. He attempted to get a ride from her, but frightened by his appearance, she refused. I like to think his appearance was just a giant cape and the plastic teeth that he <laughs> used in that movie. Yeah. It's also a good idea to lock your doors yeah. just in case some batshit mentalist is kind of outside your house. He went down the street where he broke into the home of a young married couple, stole some of their valuables, urinated into a drawer of their infant's clothing, which is standard, and de- defecated in their son's bed. The couple came home while Chase was still in the house. The husband attacked him, but Chase escaped. Like, this is obviously a very, very serious case, and in this particular encounter, there, there was no victim, well, there was no, like, dead people in this house. Or so I like to think, like, if I was a fly in the wall, what, I could I can imagine what it would be like pissing into a drawer for the baby's clothes, but can you imagine him squatting on a bed and doing a shit in it? Like, how is ridiculous it like a, would you look? Is it like a little race car bed? <laughs> Who knows? Because I've always wanted to take a shit on top of a moving car, and I feel like the only way I'll ever do that... The closest you could get. ...is uh, by doing it on a child's bed. If I was on top of a moving car, I'd probably shit myself anyway. <laughs> well, I'd like to just do it on a child's car. Tell I, I was in the top of a car one time. Years ago, uh, back in Allerton, when there was a party at Sandy's house, I jumped on the roof of a car that my brother was driving I can't remember whose it was I think it was on appearance but I won't uh, say exactly just in case they do actually <laughs> listen to this show and he I don't know if, you, if you're aware of Alton he drove from essentially my dad's side of the, the, the village to my mum's side which is not That's far like three metres exactly it's not, it's not far but it is a main road it's an A road turned up to my mum's street and uh, just before we got to my mum's house he slammed the brakes on and I came flying off the roof and down onto the, down onto the ground and uh, that was my experience of being on top of a moving we car. We should also put that Allenton as like the fucking place that Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that happens. <laughs> Everyone knows each other. Everyone's related. They're all still banging. Some of them have got like more than two arms. 
and the place is fucking tiny. Yeah, that's Don't why look I, at me judging. Like I got that. out as soon as I could. <laughs> uh, I was on the top of car once. We used to go to on like multi-story car parks and go on the roof and put our hands like in the like basically the, yeah. the doors and go car surfing. We'd drive around the car park and try and knock the other person <laughs> off. Like as in, if you were driving, you'd try to get the person on your roof off. It was a very dangerous game. It's extremely dangerous. No one died though, so You're good. it's good. Chase continued to attempt to enter homes until he came across the home of David and Teresa Wallen. David was at work. Teresa, who was three months pregnant, was in the middle of taking out the garbage and thus had left her front door unlocked. Chase surprised her in the home and shot her three times. Once in the hand, which was a defensive wound, and twice in the head, killing her. It was the same gun that was used to kill Ambrose Gervin. Chase then dragged her body to the bedroom and raped it post-mortem while repeatedly stabbing it with a butcher knife. When he'd finished, he carved the corpse open and removed several of her internal organs using a bucket to collect the blood and then taking it into the bathroom to bathe in it. He then sliced off her nipple and drank her blood, using an empty yoghurt container as a drinking glass. Before leaving, he went into the yard, found a pile of dog shit and returned to stuff it into the corpse's mouth and throat. Which is... See, uh, after going to that extent... I don't know, man. That seems like a lot of work. <laughs> Being so aroused doing all the rest of that, would you really want to just go in and go, fuck it, be dog shit and go back in? And he's shoved it in. It's not only just in her mouth, in her throat. That's just pushing it right down. Fucking He's also must be in there for a long time. He's had a bath and everything. Well, you you would have a bath. You've got to clean yourself before you leave the house. Have I bathed in blood? Uh, well... Maybe she didn't pay her water bill. <laughs> it was bathing blood or leave. <laughs> Fucking a mess. On the January 23rd, 1978, two days after killing Teresa Wallen, Chase purchased two puppies from a neighbour, which he then killed and drank the blood of leaving the bodies on the neighbour's front lawn. This guy is fucking Nick Cage crazy. <laughs> <laughs> on January 27th, Chase committed his final murder, which also qualifies as a mass murder. He entered the home of 38-year-old Evelyn Miroth, who was babysitting her two-year-old nephew, David. Also present in the home was Evelyn's six-year-old son and Dan Meredith, a neighbour who had come over to check on Evelyn. Evelyn was in the bath while Dan watched the children. He went into the front hallway when Chase entered the home and was shot in the head at point-blank range with Chase's twenty-two handgun, killing him. Again, this was the same gun used in Griffin and Wallen murders. Chase then turned the corpse over and stole Dan's wallet and car keys. Jason ran to his mother's bedroom, where Chase fatally shot him twice in the head at point-blank range. On the way to killing Jason, Chase also shot the baby in the head. Chase then entered the bathroom and fatally shot Evelyn once in the head. He dragged the corpse onto the bed where he simultaneously sodomised and drank its blood from a series of slices to the back of the neck. Medical examiners reported an inordinate amount of semen in the corpse's rectum, indicating that, quote-unquote, an unusual amount of ejaculations. What? Is an unusual amount of ejaculations. I don't know because in quick succession, the amount of um, semen produced with each ejaculation is less and less. I get told that if you have eight wanks, you go blind. <laughs> That's how I was told to in school. <laughs> eight, eight wanks in a row. Everyone used to go and go, oh, I managed to have eight wanks in one night. Or I seven think you die. Well, I think the record was uh, one boy said he had seven wanks, but I did hear that eight wanks, you go blind. I don't know how much. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, I wonder if you could look it up and find out exactly, like millimeters wise, how many, how much semen was in her bum. You probably could. So, so I mean, sees it's quite a lot. So I guess, I mean, that's it is quite. Um, especially, especially if it's an unusual amount of ejaculations, one mm-hmm. or two. Even though to me, 
two is a fucking unusual amount. Cause <laughs> what kind of what kind of bull stamina has this man got? I guess though, if you get if you get off on fucking dead bodies, you don't really get to be around dead bodies that often. So when you've got one, you you need to use up all your arousal. You know, you need to keep getting that thing going. When Chase had finished, he stabbed her at least half a dozen times in the anus. The knife penetrating her uterus, which is fucking heavy going, man. He stabbed her in a series of vital points in the body, which caused blood from her internal organs to pull into her abdomen, which he then sliced open and drained into a bucket. He then consumed all of the blood. Chase then went to retrieve David's corpse. He took it to the bathroom and split his skull open in the bathtub and consumed some of the brain matter. Why is the person in home base still selling this guy buckets? Fuck knows, man. See, when you come out to buy your eighth bucket of the week, mate, what are you using these buckets for? Because <laughs> nobody needs that many buckets. No. We've got to start fucking vetting bucket buyers. I agree. Outside, a six-year-old girl with whom Jason Miroth had a play date knocked on the door, startling Chase. He fled the residence, stealing Dan Meredith's car. The girl alerted a neighbour. The neighbour broke into the Miroth home where he discovered the bodies and contacted the authorities. Upon entering the home, police discovered that Chase had left perfect handprints and perfect imprints of the soles of his shoes in Evelyn's blood. Chase, meanwhile, took David's corpse home with him, where he chopped off his penis and used it as a straw through which he sucked the blood out of the body. That is just ingenious. (laughs) (laughs) He then sliced the corpse open and consumed several internal organs and made smoothies out of others, finally disposing of the corpse at a nearby church. This guy wants to go in Dragon's Den. <laughs> I don't even have anything to say. There's so many opportunities for say, but this is an actual wee baby who was killed, so I'm not going to talk about his uh, I, obviously, sexual penis. Right, I don't mean he laugh. I want to know how big, his, how big the penis was, if he could use it as a straw, because surely it would just be easier just to tip the body up and just drink it that way. I also think that the way that a, a body would work, the urethra down the middle of a penis, if you use it as a straw, if you souped, it would just contract and go tight. I think that's I think that's sensationalism. This what's been written here today. Baby was circumcised because surely if you sucked out a straw, the foreskin would just keep flapping off your lips. I have I have finally just disgusted myself. <laughs> oh, I am going to oh, hell. Man. Oh, poor baby David. Um, after the the wall and murder, FBI agents Russ Forpigel and Robert Ressler were called in to investigate. They compiled a profile of the killer. They determined that the killer would be tall, malnourished, a loner, physically unclean, and that most importantly, he would have a baby's penis in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to jump in. That most importantly, he'd be carrying a little tiny penis straw. <laughs> now, most importantly, that he would continue to kill. We should point out that although we are laughing at this, it's not for the victims. Obviously, it's not funny. It's a That's horrible, dead. horrible crime. Yeah. We're just laughing at the ridiculousness of it. As opposed to thinking that it's actually a joke that these people have died just in case they start sending us hate mail. Yeah, absolutely. We all look to make clear that um, Richard Chase is a fucking is scum. An asshole. Yeah, 100%. Mentally ill asshole. So, five days after the mass murder and after hearing the FBI profile, Nancy Holden contacted police saying that she believed Richard Chase could be the killer. The police ran a background check on Chase where they came across his registration of a .22 calibre semi-automatic pistol which I think indicates part of his mental health because if you're going to use a gun to kill someone why would you register it? Yeah. Because then he can trace you. Yeah. So he obviously didn't give a fuck. Uh, detectives and a team of police went, went to Chase's apartment where they asked to speak with him. Chase refused. 
The detectives and the police hid down the hallway and waited for Chase to leave, arresting him when he left the apartment carrying a bloodstained box. His parka and shoes were likewise bloodstained. Inside were pieces of shredded blood-soaked wallpaper and a blood-stained .22 calibre which he had committed, which he had used to commit his murders. Chase claimed that the bloody wallpaper and bloody gun were a result of his killing several dogs, which doesn't make it no, really... doesn't make it any better. It'll still be a worrying situation. When the police performed a search of Chase's person, they found that he was carrying Dan Meredith's wallet and a tiny little baby penis <laughs> straw. Detectives, along with Wrestler and Vorpijo, performed a search of Chase's apartment. They found the walls, floor, ceiling, refrigerator and all of Chase's eating and drinking utensils soaked in blood. On the counter was the blender Chase used to make his smoothies. It was caked in coagulated blood and the rotten matter of internal organs. Inside the refrigerator, police found several animal body parts wrapped in aluminium foil, David's brains in a Tupperware container and pieces of his body wrapped in cling film, and several of Evelyn Miroth and Teresa Wallen's internal organs. On another counter were several pet collars, on his kitchen table, he had spread out numerous diagrams depicting various aspects of human biology. Chase was sentenced to death on the 8th of May 1979. A prison guard on his morning checks noticed that Chase was lying awkwardly in his bed. When inspected, it was found that Chase had committed suicide with an overdose of prison doctor-prescribed antidepressants that he had been saving up for a few weeks. He died on t- December 26th, 1980. They Which is more him- over a year after he was supposed to be... They shouldn't give him antidepressants in the hospital because they shouldn't get the opportunity to kill themselves <coughs> in an easy and quick manner. Well, I can't advocate for that because my entire job is looking after people who by that have I mean got, right, okay. who, need me- who need medication. It's I mean you can't really. Uh, this is also the seventies, uh, the late seventies. Uh, I'm assuming things are different. That's forty years ago. Things would have been different back then to a point, but. If, if he didn't kill himself that way, he would have found another way to kill himself. It's always the case. Well, I've changed my, I've changed my opinion there. If someone like this, if you're found guilty, don't even take them back to jail. Just go, do you know what? Right, so what did you do? How are you cut your cut her nipple off? Right, cool. Hang him up in the court, cut his nipple off. Drain his blood. Do something fucking horrific you do to someone else and let it happen to him. Let him die out. Don't even waste the money yeah. taking him back to prison. It's- just can't work on that. It fucking should work on that. To a point, perhaps, I would agree with you, but it, it can't work like that. But how? Pedophiles? It can't work like that. How? It just can't. Because you have people who are advocates, you have people who say human rights for everyone. Human rights for everyone until you take someone else's rights away. You can't. You, do you give vampires kiss a this seven? Is just the, this is just the world we live in until we get the end of the world then it's never going to change and by the way I've been thinking about the end of the world recently and it's not going to be um, obviously it's never going to be zombies but it's not going to be like the whole world ends I just I thought this you know, if you look at pictures of Afghanistan in the 60s it was like a proper bustling city and look at it now or like Syria now it's fucking destroyed that's their end of the world if like bombs and stuff end like land here if fucking shit happens here uh, if things get turned up to 11 and Brexit causes fucking civil war in the UK we end up fucked but the rest of the world will continue on as normal so it needs to be a comet end of the world is basically happening now with who is in power of the world man look at at everything that's happening all over the world it's ended but anyway that's that's for another day Um, Richard Chase is an absolute dickhead and it is terrible what he done to the victims but the only solace I could think from the, for the victims is that all the depraved, disgusting stuff he'd done to them was after he killed them. The actual murder wasn't was quick. These people were shot in the head, 
they were probably died almost instantly. All his depravity of fucking it up the ass and jizzing all out, all over it, yeah, penis, cutting off penises, taking out internal organs and drinking blood. That was all after they were dead. There is a lot to to read about Richard Chase. You can look him up, and there is there's there's documentaries, there's movies, and there is uh, plenty of stuff out there to see. There's also some of the uh, pictures from the crime scene, including the box that little baby David was put in outside the church, and a picture of his uh, blender that he used to make his smoothies. See, I don't know if I want to see that. It's black and white. It's, it's not graphic. It's, well, it is graphic, but it's not disturbing. It yeah. is disturbing when you know what it is, but you know what I mean? It's not... You don't look at it and go... <gasps> yeah. Unless you're a pussy. Yeah, also, last podcast on the left, cover it. And it's a really good... And it's a good uh, episode. Good, good episode. As always. Yeah. Uh, so, that has been episode 37. Next week... Uh, is it next week? The week two, after? Two weeks. Two weeks. Episode 38 will be a little bit of a special episode where we have on, you may remember, from our episode covering... Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley. Uh, our friend Fish, Kieran Fisher, who is like the editor-in-chief, trio chief, mm, of... of um, that's not current. Yep. Uh, and... Regular writer for Diabolic magazine. Diabolic magazine. magazine. Basically horror journalist. So we're going to get drunk with him. And then proceed to get drunk afterwards very soon. It will be it promises to be a hilarious episode. However, this time we can we won't be doing it in a pub, so we can't promise that someone will uh, tell Liam to fuck off again. <laughs> the guy did not tell me to fuck off. Hey, he was telling someone else to fuck off. <laughs> well, it seemed to be annoyed at one of your points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Stay safe. Watch Vampire's Kiss and don't listen to Scott. And if you if you want to get in touch with us, apart from this, listen to Scott for this part. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us and suggest any movies, as uh, a listener Jamie Pennycook did, and he suggested Vampire's Kiss to us, so either thank you or fuck you to him for that. <laughs> I'm not telling you. Uh, you can send your suggestions to Scott and Liam versus Evil at hotmail.com. You can interact with us at, on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus, and get us on Facebook a page and a group. Just search Scott and Liam versus Evil, and you'll find us. We want to hear from you guys. So you honestly can put Doritos in the bath and they won't even go soggy until about you know you've got about five minutes. Quavers. <laughs> <laughs>